The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Welcome to another Video Games to the Max. Of course, this is the official uh, Video Games podcast of W2Net.com, and we are also in partnership with Forumania.com as well. I'm your host, Sean Garmer, and here with me is, as always, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. Well, it's been a little bit. How uh, have things been for you? Meh, decent. I beat the first ending of Shadow of War. <laughs> hey, just in time for the season pass announcement that we'll talk about in a little bit. So. I, I don't care about it all. <laughs> <laughs> you don't care about it at all. Wait, so does that mean that you do not really care to keep playing the game then? Or? No, the way the game wraps up and then, like, for, like pumps itself up or, you know, extend itself out, like, falsely, just makes me really turn off in the game. Like, it leaves a bitter taste in my mouth. What do you mean where it extends itself falsely? Well, after you beat, like, the main, like, Sauron, like, you have the fight, uh, it's like, okay, now here are ten waves of orc invasions against your fortresses. You're going to be too low level to... Uh, really do anything against them. So, get to grinding. That's always fun, when something makes you just feel like you're grinding. Well, you, you're done with the story mission, so you can't get more experience from that. Like, I've, I beat the game at level 43 or 44, and I'm facing orcs that are level 55. And, hmm. you know, you, you can kill them, sure, but you can't, you can't uh, control them or dominate them. Because they're higher level than you. So it's like, okay, now I'm screwed. <laughs> Waste of time after that. Yeah. And I tell you, I'm like, like the good ending, too. Or like the actual ending of the game. Oh, that makes it uh, even less worth going back to, then. Yeah. At that point. And it's t- it is somewhat tied into their loot box system. So that makes it all the more fun. <laughs> Oh boy, we'll get to talk about those too because the UK actually has to go look to see if those can be considered gambling or not. Uh, but we'll get in that in a second here. So I mentioned that since we're already talking about Shadow of War, that season pass, uh, it's probably going to cost somewhere around $40. Yeah, I mean, I got. The code I got was like for the gold edition, so it came with it. But every season passes, they're forty or fifty bucks nowadays. <laughs> so it includes two new tribes of orc, one called the Slaughter Tribe, that basically means they want to kill you at every 
uh, moment, basically. And then the outlaws that have deep contempt for foreign invaders, as well as the Lord of Mordor. And there's two story expansions. Uh, one where you're playing Elleriel, uh, who is the Light of Galadriel. I'm probably butchering all these names. Uh, Glad, probably Glad, no, it's Galadriel, but same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's also the Desolation of Mordor uh, as well. So, hey, you get two story expanses along with your tribes of orcs, and you do not care. So. No, because the experience ramp is so broken right now that, like, I got like I think I got like one experience doubler for like an hour, and it's like that does me nothing. I need eighty thousand experience to get to the new level, and I'm getting five hundred experience from a fight. So, no, thank you. <laughs> Would you get more if say you like you killed your nemesis or whatever? No. It's all just 500 every time? Well, I, some missions are like 1,000 or, you know, but they're just so infrequent that it doesn't really matter. What? So like, basically you're saying that they try to get you to go to the loot boxes then? Yeah, but at, even at a certain point, those stop meaning because you can't get orcs like above your level. So if I open up a loot box right now, I'm going to get like level 43 orcs. And it's like, okay... This orc is going to do nothing against this level 65 dude. <laughs> ah, so you're kind of just stuck. Yeah, like, there's also a weird system where you can, like, submit an orc to fight in, like, an arena fight. Where you just watch, like, two orcs fight each other, which is really dumb and stupid. And it's, like, a three-minute fight, and you just sit there watching it. Like, no, no impact at all from you. It's like this is this is worthwhile. So and you get anything for? Uh, you get a bunch of skill points, um, and you get like some money and like occasionally, like some like gem or something. But one of the uh, fights is like one one of the areas. It's like there are three levels to each area. Like you fight maggots first, then like a general tr- like a general captain, then like an elite captain or whatever, and they're just you know named orcs or and to fight like the to fight the second captain of one area he's a level 55 guy and all my orcs are like 43 so they're gonna get wasted on him right and you're just you're just watching these fights happen and it's like what what am i supposed to do just grind this out for two months (laughs) i'm guessing that's what they want you to do just grind it out get loot keep going Good luck with that. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard a lot of people kind of, they either really like the game or they kind of just are kind of meh about it. Well, I started writing the review, and my review is basically like, in some ways it's like better than the first Mordor, but in a lot of ways it's not. (laughs) More like they took a step back. Or just more of Mordor and doesn't feel anything special? No, it's really not. Like, it... I don't know. I, I think I said last week, but I don't, or like the last time we did a podcast, but I don't know why it took him three years to make this game. Like that, I mean, they can bust on an Assassin's Creed game, and, I, and ever, like they did that for damn near a decade every year, if not two. 
and it's like, what happened? (laughs) No idea on that, but that's, yeah, just really weird that it took them that long in order for them to, it seems like they made this, oh, we'll just make more of the same, people loved it, and then we'll introduce the loot boxes and we'll make back our money that way. Also, one other fun thing was uh, another part of the experience system is experience isn't tied to skill points. You get skill points from like completing quests or doing like the fight arena fights or just you know like doing whatever. Mm. So I have at the moment twenty extra skill points because nothing I can unlock is meaningful to me at all. Right, and it, it constantly says like, "Oh, I'm not going to skill." It's like, why bother? I'm not. I'm not going to use any of this. Any of this crap. What is it like? Just like defensive skills, or well, every skill you get, there's like three modifiers. So you can get like, you get this. Uh, it, this is a story skill, so you unlock it automatically. You don't have to spend points, but it's like you pound the you pound the ground. Uh and like it releases like a bur like a burst of you know energy or whatever, and you can modify it to be either fire, flame, or fro uh, fire, poison, or frost. And it's like, I mean, I could, but it doesn't really do a- like none of these are really beneficial to me that much. <laughs> so you don't run into orcs that have like some kind of fire. Oh, you do, or- you do, but I already have different ways to like. If an orc is fireproof, I mean, I, I already have a move that can, like, put them to, that can, like, freeze them. So I don't need to, put, like, put a point into the wave. And you can only have one modifier active per skill. So even if you okay. do run into something, you have to, like, go into the menu and then select the, the different modifier. And then you, it's, like, it takes forever. So what you're saying is there's kind of no point of having fire, ice, and poison unlocked for all of them, because right. it's not like you or, can just, you can't just move around, you can't just flip between all of them. No. Well, yeah. And it, ta- it takes forever to get in these menus. Like, the the uh, menu for opening boxes, it, it takes like 30 seconds to actually open the box up, because it has to keep, like, connecting to the WB servers. And it's like, this is... That I have, like, scene. 30 boxes. Yeah, well, it's all online server checks and stuff, so it takes, you know... But it just kills the momentum that of that game. That would make me not want to open the box. Oh, yeah. That's... Yeah, I, I can understand why they did it, I guess, because they have to go through... And I guess they'll let the system know that you're opening a box. I don't, but, yeah, just... That's, uh... That, that stinks that they... They spent all that time, and it seems like it's more disappointing than, like, this great game that, you know, the first one was and everything else. Yeah, like, the first one, you know, was a great Assassin's Creed or Batman clone, and this is still, like, the core gameplay is still fine, but the crap they've added around it just makes you not want to really, like, like, engage with it that much. And the game doesn't really does it get hard at all, or just? I mean, I've died a I died a bunch, but then you know you you have infinite lives, so you just respawn, and all right, it's like okay, let's do this again. 
So I mentioned the loot boxes, and obviously, uh, you know, we've talked about some games that have this, and this is a rampant thing on mobile, especially uh, where they want you to buy things. So in the UK, if you get over a certain amount of signatures, the government has to look at whatever it is. And so this adapt gambling laws to include gambling and video games which target children and vulnerable adults. Uh, while loot boxes are not con currently considered gambling, uh, they do copy a lot of traits of gambling and, you know, actually go after being, you know, your addictive side and, and whatnot. Uh, so basically, this is also using that same law and wanting them to do the same thing like that law that got passed in China where you have to reveal the frequency of what you get when you buy this certain loot box or whatever if you're trying to get the, you know the top thing uh, so that you know the chances of you getting whatever it is you're ultimately trying to buy and uh, you know the petition also notes basically that this sort of thing had been the standard in UK gambling for years and was hoping that they can do it for video games so this has kind of become a thing recently with all these games and obviously mobile is is huge with this sort of thing so do you kind of agree that it does go after sort of addictive tendencies in people and, and hoping that by gambling you'll just keep spending? Or I would say, yeah. Uh, there was a great thing, I think, I want to say Jonathan Blow said it, like a, this was years ago, but he basically said that, like, wow, is tantamount to gambling. Because, you know, it's basically like, or like it's like a drug. Uh, because it like affects the same brain center that you would like spinning a roulette, roulette wheel because that's all like that's all wow kind of is like you do you can do like a raid but you might not get that gear piece of gear for like the first time but if you do it keep doing it over and over you know the 800th time you do it you may it may finally drop for you and it's the same thing with loot boxes well yeah I had friends growing up. When, you know, WoW was obviously much newer. Yeah. Uh, friends that did not, that dropped out of college. And did oh, yeah, not, so did I. Yeah, did not continue on with, with, like, normal life because they got so hooked on WoW. And eventually their parents had to put them in a rehab. kind of rehab yeah. thing. For, I had a friend, I, I, my roommate at my, I think my junior year of college... He left. Like he went home for Christmas, and he didn't come back because uh, of WoW. And I had another good friend who I'm still friends with now. He kind of failed out of college because he just didn't go to class because he kept playing WoW constantly. And like after that happened, he had to give up WoW like cold turkey. Like he doesn't play it at all anymore. He hasn't, he hasn't played it in like a decade. Yeah, I mean that's very that shows your sort of. And, like even now he's pretty like hesitant to get on like to get on like online or MMO type gaming because I think he's afraid of like you know getting back into you know that mindset or something which is probably accurate. <laughs> well yeah, I mean if you're if you played a game so long that it basically kept you from doing anything but like eating and going to the bathroom and maybe even eating as a only when my stomach is telling me you're going to stop not be able to play wow anymore because you're you're you better give me something 
uh, if yeah. you're getting to that extreme, uh, it very much is like drugs or alcohol or you know other kinds of gambling where you're giving up your you know you're in there. You go, oh, I'm gonna only spend twenty bucks. The next thing you know, you're gambling away your your house and the car you got there, got there in, and everything else. So, yeah, I think there was uh, some Mass Effect uh, Bioware statistic where they said someone spent like fifteen thousand dollars on Mass Effect Three booster pack cards. Good. And Lord. it's like, holy Christ! Like, imagine if imagine if that person had gotten like a good multiplayer game. Like, what would happen? <laughs> I wonder if Blizzard will ever release like what the people that are just crazy and buy packs of Hearthstone cards. Oh no, they'll never do like that it, and Overwatch boxes. Forget it. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm sure that there are people that it just it's not even like the in with Hearthstone. It's bad because you know they keep changing the system around, and then they'll add more DLC stories or whatever. So that gratification never really ends because once they change the the meta around you're once again having to buy stuff to get whatever card is now the major thing that helps you win or what you know there's people that are addictive like that that are crazy oh yeah but that, that, like Hearthstone specifically, that's all like back to like Magic the Gathering cards, like you know having yeah. to buy booster packs, you know, and hope you get like the Black Lotus card in it or something, or you know some special rare card out of like fifty packs, make it what one card you want, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I I bought I think like the first two DLC stories. And then I've I've probably bought a couple of cards. I stopped playing after that, but you know it's because I've had either friends do the wow thing, or I've you know been with someone that had a drug addiction really really bad, and you know I've seen that firsthand. So I'm always very hesitant about you know I don't know that I want to get in this game, and and I played wow for a little bit. And I could see what people's thing was. Right, where you I, could play something and and sit there and you don't even realize six hours went by, you know. Oh yeah. I'm I'm honestly surprised like loot boxes haven't come to WoW yet. Like <laughs> I I'm sure it's actually just a matter of time. Like it'd probably piss off like the hardcore fan base, but I mean oh well <laughs> they'll still think what are they gonna do? They're not gonna play any other game. Like they're just gonna keep playing WoW. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just something I think people do need to consider about it. I don't know if this it will happen in this country, where they'll examine that as gambling or not. But oh no, uh, like I think gaming has too much of a stranglehold, <laughs> or like yeah. and like legislators just don't care about the type of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. I, it would have to be some kind of widespread, like kids are not going to school. Or if parents just find that, you know, somehow they're overriding their parental control and their the the kids are just spending ridiculous amounts of money or whatever I mean, that, that, they have to have it. That, you see stories pop up from, from time to time, like Facebook games and stuff, but or like you know mobile games like Clash of Clans or something. But yeah, I've heard like, Clash of Clans is at the point where if you basically can't even play it if you want to be good at it at all 
without buying something. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. That's that's just crazy to me. But that brings up something that I've heard a lot in, in listening to podcasts and reading of the thought of, is it time to raise game prices? Like, do no. we just raise game prices to $70 now so that this stuff maybe stops? And no. the gaming industry says, okay, well, we're making more every time we make a sale, so... Well, it's it's funny you talk about that. I watched a video, I think, like a week and a half ago. This guy was looking at, I want to say, a 1993 Toys R Us ad, like the whole like Christmas ad, I think. And games were the same prices as six. They were still sixty bucks. In fact, ironically, sports games were more expensive. They were seventy bucks. Yeah, I remember the Nintendo sixty four like college basketball game was like seventy five dollars. Like I don't know, I don't know too many people who are going to pay seventy bucks to play uh, Bill Lambeer's basketball game. <laughs> well, no, but I'm saying like. I think back then also you were talking about carts, right? Carts were more expensive. Oh yeah, but I mean these games were more expensive than like Earthbound or Chrono Trigger. <laughs> like, yeah, I think it's people. There was no regulator in the market either, where no. you could just where you'd say, okay, it's gonna be sixty dollars, whether you like it or not. And if you don't, then don't make this game because you know you can make it less than that if you want, but don't make it more without it being some kind of special edition or I mean they could try that now but uh, like if they made the next Call of Duty uh 70 bucks they could do, they could try it I don't I mean it would still sell but not as well obviously and people would obviously complain about it more <laughs> Yeah I, either way people are going to complain right if you add in the microtransactions people are going to complain if you raise the price people are going to complain so I mean, honestly, though, between the two, I'd rather pay, like, I'd pay more for a game if it was a better experience. Or, you know, like, the complete experience. So I wouldn't be hounded to death. Oh, I agree like, with you. Like, I, I would, if it came to PC tomorrow, and it was, and I could afford it, I would happily pay 20 bucks for Plants vs. Zombies 2. But it never will, because... They made it a mobile game that was free to play that had microtransactions and they fucked it all up. <laughs> yeah, I get you there. I, it's just uh, that's the thing, though, right? It's become so it's so hard to make a triple A game now. With <laughs> yeah, but like you, know, every game doesn't need to be a triple A game. <laughs> that's the <laughs> no, it doesn't. But those triple A publishers need to make money right like so. i would be happy i would be happier with a scaled down game i'd be happy like uncharted that's a six hour game i mean i paid 60 bucks for it but i didn't sell it back like i still have it like i had a better like if that was a if that had been a 40 hour game i would have lost interest in like hour 10 i said screw it never never finished it <laughs> Right, yeah, but I think that's the point, though, is that they had to keep finding reasons to have or, like, us keep games because so many people will say, okay, well, something like Uncharted, why am I going to play this over and over and over? I well, already experienced the story. 
if I had gotten, I got a d- 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 digital version of Shadow of War. Right. If I had a physical version, I would be selling that game back right now because of how the ending is. And like, I fair. think that's, I think that's why, honestly, like a lot of developers just send us digital copies right now. <laughs> oh well, no, well, yeah. Number one is is that reason. Like, I I'll be honest. Like, there's both you and I went through this experience, right? Of when all they did was send physical copies. The good, the one good thing about it is it gave you an incentive to take a bad game because you knew. When you'd played enough of it and you were already going to write the review, you could just go to GameStop and oh yeah, you know, take the thing back. Now like, a lot of places have a you cannot return the game policy. Period. But well, it's like here's a here's a game that's been out for two weeks. You already finished the review. It's like all right, well, I'm going to get thirty bucks for this. Hopefully, so here you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could basically go and already have half the money to a game you actually wanted. So. And that, honestly, uh, that was like that was like the secret way of getting paid as a game reviewer. Like, we're not doing yeah. this shit for money or for money, really. Like, so it's like, yeah, t- take you know Lego, the Lego movie video game. It's like I'll review that. That took a, that took two days. It's like, and GameStop can have it for twenty five bucks. <laughs> hey, sweet. You know, I can buy. You know, if I. I, I can spend only twenty dollars or or thirty dollars on the game that I wanted or whatever. Yeah, I mean it's. But we also got to think about it from the other perspective of every time we trade in a game, that's a game that those publishers get nothing back from. Yeah, except yeah. the exposure that we gave it for good or for bad. Like even games that I've liked, I've traded in. Right. Yeah, I agree. I've done the same thing. Uh, I just. I feel like they're doing it basically because you know digitally they also don't what? have to pay to ship you the game. Oh yeah, and, I mean it's much yeah. it's much easier. Like I'm right. not gonna I'm not gonna like that's one positive. Like you can get a right. game, you know, five minutes. Like you get the, you get the email and say who wants it or you know here's the code have at it. But yeah, exactly. The game comes out or you know a couple of days before the game comes out. Uh, hey, here's the code to this game. And then you download it, and bam, it's right there. Instead of, oh, I gotta wait till they get to the mail, and they gotta make sure. Like what happened with me, Mario Kart. Nintendo had to make sure so bad that it didn't get there before Friday that day that yeah, it wound up day, not yeah. coming till like Wednesday of next week. Yeah. So that's another thing too. That sometimes they get so, you know, some places don't care, some places do. That. They have to make sure it gets to you on this certain day. Yeah, for the embargo. Uh, right, yeah, for the embargo. And, you know, it, it is how it is. But, yeah, it's this is just, a, I think, an interesting thing I've been hearing more and more about. Is it time for games to just become $70? And I'm like, well, that all sounds great in theory, right? A lot of us, if we're... I mean, it sounds good in theory, but they're not gonna—they're not gonna stop any of this shady shit from going on. Like games are still gonna have loot boxes or season passes or DLC, so it's not gonna. I solve think anything. that's what they're thinking, though, is that okay? Well, a lot of people are already buying the season pass, or or they're already buying these extra little, you know, things that we that we give out that 
uh, cosmetic things, and that winds up being like $5, $10. Well, if they're already spending it, then why not just put it inside the game as unlocks, and then you pay your $70 instead. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just think that, I don't know. I, if it does happen, I'd imagine it would be whenever the next console cycle is officially starting. I don't think you would do it now. But it, I I think it's too late in this generation cycle, but I, I don't... I honestly just don't think it'll happen. I mean, unless there's like some cataclysmic shift in the, like the landscape that it, people, if it just won't happen without too many people complaining about it. Yeah. But you know how people are though. Right. I mean, unless it's something like, you know, what happened with, uh, NeoGAF, it's a lot of complaining and not really doing anything. So, you know, people complain online, but then here comes that game that they really wanted. It's $70. They'll go, still go buy it. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't even remember the story about the thing with the person on NeoGAF, but I, I do commend the people that uh, said that they didn't want to be a part of that anymore after the whole scandal. So. Well, he was accused of, like, sexually harassing women. <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. I did then... <laughs> have to do something with harassment, but it's like. Well, it's funny because like one store, like the one really clear, like crystal clear store, he's like, I, like, that story's fake. And then like there's a post later, there's a post people dug up about him literally harassing another woman in like a foreign country, and it's like, yeah, sure, you're you're the paragon of virtue right there. <laughs> Didn't they shut it down for like a couple of days and then he just said, okay, I'm reopening it. Yeah, it shut down like Saturday night, and then it stayed shut down till like for like Sunday and part of Monday, I think, or something. I don't know. I don't go to that site, so it doesn't, doesn't bother I, me. I don't either. I just like I just think that that's really shitty for somebody to. Oh, I'm not even going to take any responsibility for this at all. I'm just going to act like nothing happened and move yeah. on. Yeah. Like if he had, you know, any honor or anything, I mean, he'd just quit. But that's a little fiefdom, so of course he's not going to. Yeah, it's you know again, people just don't. Uh, and then there was the one from the person that worked at Naughty Dog that said that he got harassed, and then Sony apparently fired him the next day. I think that might have like they that happened. I think that was more like an HR. Like I think it might have been just been like some specific HR thing. Like, I think if higher up, you know, all higher ups at Sony had known, they wouldn't, that wouldn't have happened, but. Well, you know how HR doesn't always, it, most of the time HR is not really there to be your, they're not there to be your counselors. They're there to protect the company from. Oh yeah. You know, how do we avoid getting sued? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, if this guy's saying that, one of the managers is sexually harassing him or, or harassing him. Doesn't have to be sexually. Uh, let's see what his story is. And if we can pass it off as him being crazy or, you know, whatever, then we can. And we let him go and see if he'll sign a cease and desist or uh, NDA later, which they tried to do. He didn't sign it. And, 
yeah, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because now all of a sudden after the Harvey Weinstein thing, a lot of people are all of a sudden coming out against other people. Oh, yeah. Saying that they were harassed. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, it really did happen. And at the time, you know, companies were different than they are now. Uh, so it's it's a much different, I think, situation in 2017 than it was uh, many years ago. So anything else that you are, are playing here? Uh I got that Wipeout Omega Collection on PS4. I'm bad at Wipeout, so that bums me out. <laughs> uh, not the I got... easiest racing game to play, Wipeout. Huh? I said not the easiest game to play, Wipeout. It's no, good. and I just I can't get a handle on their like air brake system at all. Like, hey, I understand the I understand the idea of it, but I just don't grasp how to actually do it well. <laughs> So does it make you feel bad for spending the twenty four dollars then? Or? No, because like Wipeout is a it's a long running like PlayStation franchise, but it's not exactly a popular one or like one that is doing well. <laughs> right, it's kind of like Nintendo's F Zero. Yeah. So, and I like the I like that type of game, so I'm I'm happy to support it just for that, and it looks nice, but. That's about it. <laughs> and the only other thing I've been playing is uh, Synchronicity Prelude. Which is... This is a Atlas-made 2D platformer they released like a week ago for free. You uh, play as Jack Frost and Pyro Jack from like the Shin Megami Tensei series. It's a 2D platformer. Okay. It's, like a, it's a Metroidvania. Okay. It's really cool. Uh, Is it still available? Oh, yeah. It's going to be free till the end of the year, essentially. Okay. And it's all all in Japanese, but someone released, like, a a modded texture, a modded, like, language pack for, like, English, which is helpful. (laughs) Hey, at least you can read what's being said, right? Yeah. But it's a cool little game. Like, you have different powers, and you have to find, you know, you know, find... Here's a magic key that opens all like, the black doors you couldn't visit before and stuff like that. Well, that's cool. That's cool. And that seemed like a random, just random announcement, too. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, well, they made, released a video of it, and they said, like, it was never going to happen. And then people were pissed. <laughs> and then, like, two days later, they're just like, here, it's out now. It's like, you could have just solved this by releasing it two days, two days beforehand. <laughs> yeah, really? Guys, come on. Don't have to judge uh that way but hey at least it's out there yeah this isn't like a wrestling promo like just release it when when you want switch here yeah uh so uh nothing to do with wrestling but uh, i did play the just because there's so much stuff coming out in like a day not to mention like a week and thankfully after like a week and a half, I think, uh, that kind of slows down and you get into the, well, we're, we're back to, there's some couple of big games in November, but not that many. Uh, so, you know, you have the, the triple, 
the the triple triumvirate coming out on Friday, two of them, which I already purchased, and the other one I'm I may wind up having to purchase too. So you know, South Park is one of those games that is on my well. If I get birthday money, I guess maybe. So they did release a demo a couple of days ago, and it basically lets you play through the first. I want to say like a couple hours of the game. Uh, you get to see the opening and and kind of how the speak goes from Stick of Truth to the new series. And I laughed a couple times. Uh, the obsession with toilets is still there. <laughs> um, and it was funny because it's not, you know, it's South Park, so I had to, like, feel bad that uh, my daughter was sitting there watching me play this. And, you know, she's old enough to sort of understand that these curse words you know, because when I when I get mad at a car when I'm driving, she tells me, no, don't say those things. So she knows not to, but it's still something where you just feel weird, like with Cartman just yelling, fuck this, and, you know, all, all constantly. Like, the code to get into the base is, you know, fuck you mom or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I was like, oh god, this is, uh... This is just great South Park here. But, yeah, you create your character, and then you get to test out the superhero stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, because I'm, I'm an RPG guy. And I, don't, and I like turn-based strategy RPGs, too. Don't get me wrong. But I don't really see what the big difference is between making it a strategy RPG as opposed to the... Not turn -based? strategy. It's well, still turn-based. It just has the little squares instead of just straight up, you know, old Final Fantasy style, I guess. Yeah. Well, I assume because it can position like healers behind you, like behind the care, you know, your front, your tank or something. But it's a <laughs> it's a weird choice. Like I looked at videos of that battle system, and it's like that. I mean, it's fine, but. I like the old one more, I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree um, with that. I mean, I don't mind it. Like, it still works. And, again, it's like it's not that much of a departure. You're just moving the guy to a square or, or girl. And yeah. you, you know, choose your tack like you would. And, obviously, it only goes a certain amount of squares, which that's the thing, the strategy part of it. And uh, you don't get to uh, – in the demo, you don't get to battle with anybody else. So you don't get the experience of how it is to have a partner and, and what that – how that is to control another person in your party. But you do uh, – you know, you do get to figure out the basics for yourself and, and all that. So that's kind of cool. Uh, then <laughs> you, you unlock Instagram and then it shuts off after that. Uh, yeah. so, I, you know, from what I've heard, just people and what I've read, just, it seems like it's more South Park, just, uh, this one seems a lot easier. Uh, so, that's a thing, where it doesn't really get that hard. This one seems a lot more like recent South Park, 
which would kind of actually turn me off. Uh, that's not good. Yeah, the other one was uh, going more into like the older. Yeah. Stuff. Which I, I mean, I like more. I would say, like, I mean, personally. <laughs> yeah, like I like superhero stuff and all that. So like the, the topic doesn't it, that intrigues me. It's just. Like you said, yeah, any of the references or whatever, I'm not going to get because it's been a long time since I watched South Park, so. Or, like, yeah. a, a good example, like, PC Principle. Like, that is a very lame joke that yeah. they have made into, like, a major character. And it's like, why? <laughs> because everybody has to be PC now? I'm surprised there's not some surprised there's not some character like yelling about Gamergate or something in that game. Uh, who knows? It could be maybe somebody just kind of brushed it off and didn't uh, pay attention yeah. to it. But I also did get the uh, Dot Hack uh, Remaster Collection thing. Uh, for You're PC. welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks to Mark, I guess not taking it. Uh, I had to figure out the Windows 10 bug that happens with some games, on, at least on my PC and other people's PCs. Uh, so today I had a busy day after work, so I haven't been able to... I've played, like, the tutorial part of the first game. Uh, and it pretty much plays, like... Uh, I want to say, like, the Tails, where you just... You can move the person around and press the, the attack button... And different ways to, and then if you like knock them down, you can do your special attack or whatever. And that's about as far as I got. So it, it really does try. Yeah, obviously, it's set. If you have no idea what the dot hack series is, which it's, I think it's very appropriate that uh, Bandai also made sure that Crunchyroll started getting the series now, so you can watch the animes. Because what's weird is. The the anime and the game have a tie-in, but there's parts of the... Like, the anime only takes you so far. You actually have to play the games to get more of the story. It, it was, like, really sort of a neat thing in the PS2. These are also PS2 games, by the way. For some reason, you don't know what these are. But, like, yeah. And, and the graphics pretty much look like uh, souped up. You know, sort of like the PS4 remasters on PS2. I, you know, there's not even a... I didn't notice a slider or anything to mess with the graphics, so... Uh, they must just have it set in one format. At least with the first game, anyway. I don't know if the other ones, they, they allow you to have the slider. I doubt it. It's fine. It's like, here you go. <laughs> Which is fine. That makes it to where it runs on more computers, so... That's good in a way, too, I guess. Uh, it automatically detected my... Like, it doesn't even have an option, I think, for you to play on the... Uh, with keyboard and mouse, it automatically detected my gamepad and was giving me the stuff in press Y, press the yeah. keypad, you know. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's it for me, sort of as far as uh, playing anything. I'll next time I'll be able to say more about actually what's in those games because I'll have played them. But yeah, so you know. Speaking of games that people may or may not play, Metal Gear Survive, that Metal Gear Left 4 Dead sort of game that uh, Konami revealed 
uh, not too long ago, is coming out February 20th, 2018, to the U.S. And if you get it on day one, you get a survival pack bonus, which has a bunch of cosmetic stuff and uh, gold-plated weapons, extra gestures, scarf colors, kabuki face paint, and mother base nameplate. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Gonna go rush out and buy it. <laughs> I've seen gameplay. This doesn't look too bad, but I can understand the people of, you know, if you're really into the Metal Gear. It... That's because the gameplay of Metal Gear 5 was good. <laughs> like, it's just the same, it's the same game engine. Like, they didn't do anything to it. This made it look uglier. <laughs> yeah. Eh, you know. When it's not Kojima doing it, you're going to notice some differences there. But I guess they uh, they tried. I don't know what like, to say. I, I am I'm just I'm legitimately legitimately curious like how well Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid 5's online did. I'm surprised they have never released. Have they released numbers for that? Oh God, no. <laughs> Like, you have to imagine that thing probably didn't do too well. And now they're banking on a game that that's their whole, the whole point of the game is to be online and do this type of like, stupid shit. So, I mean, it is coming out at a good time where a lot of these kind of games are out there. Yeah, I'm sure this this is the game that's going to finally knock off GTA Five at the leaderboards. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? Or Destiny 2 or any of the other uh, big you know, PUBG is going to be quaking in their boots right now. But even though they really probably regret releasing that stupid statement about uh, the um, Fortnite, know, what's yeah, Fortnite, because all of a sudden their Battle Royale mode had like seven million people or something playing it. So yep, <laughs> you know, next time keep your mouth shut about people taking stuff from your game. People take stuff from games all the time. Except the Nemesis system. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, except the Nemesis system, which that's weird. That, like, nobody has decided to use that. Is is the code just really complicated or something? Like... I have to imagine for most games it'd it'd be kind of hard to implement. Like, think about, like, a Batman game. Like, how would they right. implement that type of system in that? Or, like, even, like, an Assassin's Creed. Like, because the game is so focused on killing, sp- like, specifically named characters, it'd be hard to just, oh, here's a grunt that's immune to batarangs. It's like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but couldn't they do that, though, where you have, like, say, uh, you know, an elite grunt, dude for every level or something and they're the ones that come at you while you're also trying to kill Scarecrow or Joker or whatever. I mean, they could, but I think those characters like the, especially like in Batman's case, if the character, like the villains are too well known. Like, why is this idiotic goon that's somehow immune to physical attacks but is weak against sonar batarangs attacking me when the Joker just like Standing there, I'd rather be, I'd rather be punching him than the stupid idiot. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? And like, uh, Shadow of War, you can have all these 
different named orcs because at the end of the day they're just orcs. Yeah. And you really don't have those like iconic villains or whatever. Plus, I mean, all, Assassin's Creed, all... you could do it, right? I mean, it's not like. Yeah, but even that's based on historical figures. <laughs> right. Yeah. And those yeah, are kind have... of the two. Those are really the two big games that you could really try to implement a nemesis system. Like you couldn't do it in like a Call of Duty or something because they tried and they tried last year. It didn't go over too well. <laughs> The reason why last year's well, last year's still so well. So not that well. <laughs> uh, the I could see him do it in like Pokemon, right? I mean, you could have. Certain... I mean, trainers maybe, but I mean, they are, they kind of already like. I don't think that would they, work. They actually kind of already started. They already did that. Where like you could call the trainer. Later, or if the trainer found you again, it was it was a more souped-up version of that trainer, sort of matching your level. Yeah, but there's no cool decapitations in Pokemon, so who cares? Yeah, no, it's it's not that sort of I guess organic feeling of it, or finally making omelet out of Togepi. <laughs> That's exactly what everybody wanted to do, but. Yes, I mean, so, you know, speaking on on that, the whole feeling of multiplayer games and uh, going away from single player in the case of uh, Mirror Solid, at least for now, you have the thing with EA and them deciding to close Visceral Games and uh, taking a, basically taking Amy Henning's Star Wars project, which was supposed to be a single-player adventure game in the vein of Uncharted. And they are reshaping it to be a broader experience that allows for more variety and player agency, leading into capabilities of our Frostbite engine and reimagining central elements of the game to give players a Star Wars adventure of greater depth and breadth to explore. Uh, This screams like... We want Star Wars Destiny. Yeah. Uh, this is, there are a few things to take away from this. Like, I think that Star Wars Uncharted would have been a cool idea, but mm-hmm. Star Wars games don't do, like, think look at, like, that thirteen thirteen game. Like, that didn't come out. Wouldn't that supposed to just be an RPG, though? Oh, that was like a bounty hunter game. Oh, okay. I think it was supposed to be like uh, Boba Fett or something like that. Right, yeah. Um, it's a shame about Visceral, kind of. Like, I think the Dead Space series was good, or like one and two were. Um, like, I think the writing was kind of on the wall when three came out. Yeah, they and, changed a lot in three. Well, they had a multiplayer. They added like... DLC to that, which people don't like, and microtransactions. Um, but, like, EA had unrealistic sales expectations for that game. Like, I think they... Like, Dead Space 1 sold, I think, 2 million copies, and then Dead Space 2 sold 4 million. So I think EA was like, oh, we're going to get 6 million copies from this game. It's like... No. Dead Space 3. It's like... First of all, that's not how sequels... That's generally not how sequels work. <laughs> uh, Unless for GTA. 
Yeah, but those aren't connected. Like, those are just, you know, those are pretty much separate games. Um, And then I think they also made Battlefront Hardline or Battlefield Hardline. They they contributed to the single player in Battlefield Hardline. Yeah, it's like a yeesh luck. Which that was because the last thing they did before they were doing this. Yeah. I... I think it's a shame. Uh, I think EA is just really lost as a company right now. Like, I think I was joking to you about it online, but like their whole, all they're doing right now is sports games and Star Wars games. Of the Star Wars games that are left. Yeah, I mean, I I think if Anthem doesn't do well, Bioware is next in the chopping block. Especially after like Mass Effect Andromeda. And their continued reliance of, like, Frostbite everything is a failure. Like, that is not a good game engine for certain game genres, and they refuse to accept it. So games well, suffer. Well, so the game genres that they do well in, they do work. Well, hey, Frostbite's, yeah. like, a great, you know, Frostbite is a great first-person shooter and game engine. Like, I'm not going to deny that at all. But, mm-hmm. like... That was one of Andromeda's problems, was it ran into such a headache with Frostbite that they barely got the game running. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why Mass Effect had to run Frostbite. Like, they couldn't just have it run its own thing. Like, Well, it used it, to run Unreal, and EA, their mandate now is every game must be Frostbite. It's like, that's not a good... <laughs> you idiots, like... Yeah, not for that, anyway. I mean... It, it seems to work well for, you know, sports games. It seems to transition fine, too. Like, I'm sure Need for Speed will be fine uh, when it comes out. And then, I doubt know. it, because, like, the last few Need for Speed, like, Need for Speed games ran on Frostbite, and they weren't great at all. But was it because of it being on Frostbite, or was it because it was just, like, kind of... Well, Frostbite, it was Frostbite played a part, for sure. Like, yeah. that was, like they also built them on to be online, really stupid shit like that. Yeah. But, like, I remember reading something about, I forget what game it was, but it was a non-shooter from EA, and I think it was a racing game, like one of the first Need for Speed games, and Frostbite was so broken at the time that they could only, like, the only way Frostbite could recognize player input was from the point of view of a gun. So... Wow. In the cars, there like little there were gun models in the car, basically saying like this like the car is built around a gun, so you can control it. That's nuts. <laughs> That's yeah. Basically, shows that they made that engine for one thing. Yeah, and, and they've tried, tried to... to model it and stuff. Like, they, they try to bolt shit onto it, and sometimes it works, but most times it doesn't. And there's just too much co- company momentum to, like, re- recognize that it's not working out. I mean, I get the whole, like, we don't want to have to pay Epic for the Unreal thing where we can save money, but how much are you really losing compared to then not getting games made because of that because that seems to be the main reason why this wasn't 
you know, this was shuttered was basically, okay, we'd done this for two years and they weren't meeting whatever dates or or anything else that EA was saying. Well, who really knows about this game? Like, it may have been terrible or, you know, they may have only had, like, uh, 10% of it finished or it may have taken five more years to make or whatever. Um, like... It's just, it's just. I would say it's worrying from EA, but I think they're, they're too far gone at this point. Well, I could understand the whole point. Like, there's got to be a reason why Anthem is the way it is, right? And so they they probably see this and they probably see Destiny and go, "Well, we are the sci-fi kings. We have freaking Star Wars. Why can't we make a game like that?" You know, and and I can understand that point. I mean, you did have your own MMO, or you still do; it still exists. And then you have Battlefront. You're basically merging those two things into one game. I mean, I don't know why you couldn't just make Battlefront into, you know, that. But it's fine. I mean, by the time this game comes out, though, in like 2021, 2022. Are we still going to be caring about Destiny the same way we care about it right now? Well, by then, Destiny 4 will be out, so maybe. <laughs> oh, but that's what I'm saying, though. Like, if he is going to wait that long to get into the party, you might be wasting your time by the time you get it. So, oh, yeah. It's Whereas, like, people are... We're still seeing... I mean, like, Wolfenstein 2 does not have multiplayer at all. Yeah. And so... That might make company. more excited for it. I agree with you. I'm very excited uh, for it as well. If it wasn't because I know I can't review more than one game at a time, uh, you know, I would have taken Wolfenstein 2, but I I sent it off to, you know, one of our other uh, writers. But it's like, I, I'm, I love the first one, and because it was mainly story-based and, and uh, let yeah. you focus on that and not like, okay, well, here's this thing that's five hours. And hopefully you enjoy the multiplayer, you know. Like I am, I if I to, I'm racking my brain. I can't think of the last single player EA game. You know what's ironic too is that they keep putting single player into the sports games. Yeah, some of it works, but some of it doesn't. Like having these elaborate stories in there. Yeah. And. They're basically like telltale stories, really. But, uh, yeah, I can't think of... Uh, that was an actual EA game and not, like, Unravel or something. Yeah, um, I was going to say Unravel, but that was an EA Partners game or something, so that doesn't really count. <laughs> there's that... Uh, even that A Way Out game is, is co-op, basically. So. Oh yeah, the prison game. I mean, I, I look at that. That's, that's something different. Like that's that's not like multiplayer. Like that's that is. That's like the tale the brothers game. Yeah, but that's not competitive, or that they're not that's a, they're not going to microtransaction to death. Or it's not like buy new buy new loot box and get it get a uh, epic shiv. <laughs> Maybe like Dragon Age Inquisition. Yeah. I guess. I guess, but I, like, I wonder, 
what the uh, it, I'm trying to think all these games that I'm looking at are are all some kind of multi like army of two oh no that doesn't multiplayer that's well, Dead Space, right? Yeah, but Dead Space 3 had it. <laughs> well, Dead Space 2 then? When did Dead Space 2 come out? Yeah, that came out in 2000, 2012? Maybe 2011. That would have to be it. And, you know, uh, well, Dragon Age Inquisition came out later than that. That was 2014. But Yeah. Still, that's not exactly a great, like, a glowing endorsement. <laughs> no, but if you think about it, like, you know, what, they made their name on Battlefield and The Sims, multiplayer stuff, Medal of Honor. So, you know, stuff that wasn't necessarily, it was meant to be played by one one in, I guess, in unison with people or in, or multiplayer focus, I guess. So, do they really have a great history of making single-player games? Well, That's... The Sims is single-player, but they, right. they did before, <laughs> like they used to. Yeah, I actually yeah. asked, uh, I, do you know who Greg Kasavin is? Yes. I asked him on Twitter a few days ago, like, you know, he, he worked on Red Alert 3. Right. Like, what, 10 years ago, basically. And I asked him at the t- I asked him like, because that game has co-op for a campaign, and it's kind of weird because you can play the game alone, uh, but the computer controls like the other character, and it's like this, this is slightly odd. <laughs> but I asked him like, was this like an EA mandate, or did you guys just do this on your own? He's like, we did it on our own. It's like, well, that's that's fine then, but now it seems to be like an EA mandate. <laughs> Yeah, this certainly doesn't help EA's like whole oh worst company in America thing. I always thought that was really overblown, but you know, it just doesn't. I, I don't know, right? Like we we don't know. Uh, I think Jason Schreier came out and said that it was more of a the game wasn't meeting whatever they wanted it to. Oh yeah, uh, and Which not I... not like they just woke up one day and went. You know what? We're gonna do Star Wars Destiny. We're closing this thing, right? Yeah, I, I can so. I can believe I can believe that as an answer. Like the game just may not have been what it what it should have. Or Amy right. Hennig, like she might be a good game director, but she's not like a programmer or anything. Like it, the game engine might have been bad. Or I think Jade, uh, what's her name? Jade Raymond. Jade Raymond. Yeah, she worked on it also because she was the head of Vis- Visceral, or she was running it at the time. And there's been no mention of her either, which is strange. Well, she's she's the one doing a EA Motive. Yeah, but she's also running yeah. Visceral, so right. And well, they, they were closed like, the studio now, so you know. Yeah, I, I assume she's still a Motive, um, but yeah, look, I can believe that isn't as that's, you know, sometimes games get canceled. That's fine. Some another game just got canceled recently, also. Um, but like their whole like line about it's not a we don't want to make like they basically say we don't want to make single player games anymore. And it's like well that's fine because I don't want to buy any more EA games so I guess if we have reached an accord. 
Yeah, that uh, makes it to where I sort of don't necessarily want to buy EA games uh, either. Uh, even though in all of this, they did, uh, studio producer did announce that the story mode in Battlefront 2 takes anywhere from 5 to 8 hours to finish. So it'll be sort of like the Battlefield 1 Titanfall 2 in that area, which makes sense for shooter game. And they might make free story DLC, but that's up uh, up to everybody and how they, I guess, like the story in Battlefront 2. And and about how many uh, boxes you buy in Battlefield Battlefield 2. <laughs> Yeah, uh, everyone needs to buy 20 loot boxes to get free, to get quote unquote free single player DLC. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If they're not making money on this, they're not going to invest the money to keep making story DLC for free. No, they'll just write it off and make Battlefront 3. (laughs) Hey, I guess why not? If it keeps making money, just keep doing it, right? Oh, uh, Mirror's Edge Catalyst was a single single player game. I forgot about that, and that game just died a death. Yeah, it, it was decently well made, but no one like everyone was like, "You should make a Mirror's Edge sequel." It's like, like Mirror's Edge wasn't a great hit to begin with. <laughs> it was really one of those like cult hits. I mean, they yeah, made the game it, right. I mean. They could have not made Mirrors as Catalyst, I guess, but I credit for that, but it also felt like, okay, well, here it is, and we're sort of almost like ashamed of it because we're just throwing it out here and we're not really promoting it. Yeah, to be uh, fair to, to be fair to Mirrors Edge, though, it took about a year for that game to get like heavily discounted. It took Andromeda about nine months. <laughs> and... Yeah, and Andromeda was also a much bigger game. They got a bigger backlash because of. Yeah, stuff. but that was supposed to be like that's supposed to be like the dawn of a new new era, like new trilogy and all the other crap. It's like, well, that really turned out well for you. <laughs> that that did not happen at all for you, uh, EA. So that really sucks, I guess. But hey, lesson learned, right? Uh, I guess. <laughs> Now you don't have to do single player at all. Just do more multiplayer stuff. Which, hey, if that Star Wars Battlefront 2 story is good, I don't know. I might play it if the game goes down in price, but I'm not paying $60 for for that. Just just red box it or rent it for a weekend? Yeah, technically you could, I guess. If it shows up in red box, just rent it for a weekend. Uh, stuff that will not be showing up in Redbox. The first 13 Xbox original games that are backwards compatible. Uh, you can. They came out on Tuesday. Uh, they are at 1080p. And they are going to be upresed for the Xbox One X as well. So. If this is like nine times the frame rate it'll be like what 30,000 times the frame rate for 4k so uh, 
I mean, if you're really looking forward to playing original Xbox games on your Xbox One X, here is Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, Ninja Gaiden Black, Crimson Skies, High Road Revenge, Fusion Frenzy, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, Psychonauts, Dead to Rides Black, Grab by the Ghoulies, Sidmere's Pirates, Red Faction 2, Blood Rain 2, and King of Fighters, Neo Wave. That's actually a pretty good list of games. Uh, you can buy some of them for $10 in the store. If Ninja Gaiden Black appears, I might buy that. Uh, I love that game. And Crimson Skies as well. You can actually still do System Link. Uh, even with an Xbox One... And an original Xbox. Because everyone, so. everyone except for me, has a bunch of <laughs> original Xboxes hanging around. <laughs> I know, that's that's actually, like, interesting that you can do that, though. That, that's kind of cool. Uh, no online multiplayer, but you, you can do the system link, so that's... I thought Crimson Sky was supposed to have online multiplayer. They might, but... Uh, this is, I think, for most of them. Like, something like Fusion Frenzy, where I think people would love for that to be there. That really makes no sense, honestly. If you're going to bring Fusion Frenzy back, and you're not going to have a way for people to play this without System Link, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Uh, like, this is cool, but half these games you can either get on Steam or somewhere else, like, fairly easily. True. Uh, and there are some, I mean... Some weird picks for this from this list. Uh, yeah, I agree. The Red Fraction Two is. Well, that's a bad game. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say like King of Fighters Neo Wave. Like, I looked. I had looked that one up. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> like, uh, and like Dead to Rights in Black. It's like, eh, I guess. <laughs> Why not, right? I I think uh, I do think it's good that they came out and basically said like, look, don't expect that you're going to get every single original Xbox game because oh god no, uh, right, some like of these rights, game publishers don't exist anymore. Yeah, rights are lost, you know, or something like yeah. <laughs> some of the contracts were actually done on notebook paper. <laughs> like I would love it if I I would love it if they got like Jet Set Radio Future. That'd be a great game. Uh, Death Row, I love that game. I'm the only one that does. Uh, the Buffy games were good. That's kind of about it. <laughs> I'd imagine KOTOR 2 will come later. Yeah. Uh, that would probably mean that Jade Empire also comes later. Great. Uh, I know you hate that game. <laughs> it's just... Like uh, I imagine, like Panzer Dragoon Orta, probably. Oh or, like, yes, the, I want that, the, please. Uh, the Atogi games, which were actually pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not a ton of like original Xbox games that are people are like climbing or clamoring for. Yeah, like I wouldn't expect like the you know the NFL 2K5s and that no. kind of thing either. So even though I'm sure there will be people that probably want it, like Madden would be like, nope, not happening, folks. <laughs> sure they shut that down pretty quick, but it's still cool that it's happening, right? It's still um, there, and, and you can even do it on your the Xbox One X. So, and yeah. if you're paying your 
five ninety nine for that, then you can play the whole library. So that's uh, that's good for them, uh, I guess. Uh, so of course the MPDs. This is around the time where this stuff comes out, and uh, the Nintendo Switch is the top selling console for September two thousand seventeen. Uh, it sold it has now sold over two million units in the U.S. Uh, I think they said global sales is around, I want to say close to the 5 million mark, 4.7. And it's actually Nintendo hardware has two-thirds of the month's total because of the Super NES Classic and 3DS. Uh, in fact, yeah. I think if the Super NES Classic was like new, actually I think it sold more than the Switch this month. So That doesn't surprise me. Like Nostalgia is a powerful thing. Oh, yeah, we saw that with Crash, right, where it was on there for, like, two days, and it was number one still. Yeah. So, uh, Mario Rabbids was seven, uh, Zelda was ten, and Metroid Samus Returns for the 3DS was eight, uh, Destiny 2 is number one, NBA 2K18, and Madden, and FIFA, all those <clears throat> sports 18s, and HL18 is even on here. I'm kind of uh, surprised, I'm surprised Marvel's Capcom Infinite's on here. <laughs> why? People are gonna buy that when it first comes out. It's buying it after that. that yeah, like the first month after it comes out, maybe. But that's about it. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto Five and Rainbow Six Siege still here. Yep. It's amazing to me, especially Siege. Like that game, I know people just absolutely crapping on that game when it first came out. And then all of a sudden, here we are. I think they really turned around with their Season 2 DLC. Like, surprisingly. Like, they actually did it well. <laughs> See? Credit to Ubisoft for doing stuff right. Too bad they couldn't fix the Division. <laughs> the one I actually liked more. <laughs> they're, I guess they will tell you that they're still trying to. but. I think all the Division DLCs are going to be free like this year or like next year or whatever. But... I think people just abandoned that game. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. Doesn't help with Destiny being out there as well. Yeah. People. Uh, Nintendo also had their system uh, update, which introduced video capture. You can do it for 30 seconds, uh, which works great for Twitter and all, but I think people would probably have wanted it for longer, but then you're also using a system that has a li really limited amount of memory, and even if you're using your SD card, do you really want to fill it up with that stuff? Uh, so they are exploring to make it longer. I think it's kind of a neat idea. Like, if you do something cool and you want people to see it really fast, uh, I don't think people should have expected that you'd be able to do, like, the PS4, where you can just record for however long you want. Yeah. Uh, that wouldn't have happened, because I imagine most of the Switch horsepower is going to, like, the games, not some, like, behind-the-scenes recording feature. <laughs> yeah, and, like, even Xbox doesn't let you. You can record, like, up to 15 minutes at a time. So, yeah. Uh, you know, it, I kind of expected that. It didn't uh, surprise me at all when, when that was announced. But, hey, you can... Because of the USB dongle, you can use wireless headsets, or not headset, wireless headphones, uh, and you can use GameCube controllers with this thing. 
So if you don't want to go out and buy any more Joy-Cons or you don't, if you have GameCube, GameCube controllers laying around from like Smash Brothers and uh, don't want to buy that Pro Controller, you can use those. So that's, I know people that really hate the Game Controller, so <laughs> maybe not. I like that controller. Did you like the GameCube? GameCube? No. It was too, I thought it was too awkward and too un, like not symmetrical. Yeah, you had the, like, where you had to have your thumbs. There's, like, way too many buttons. Well, the buttons were, like, yeah. in this weird circular pattern, too, which didn't help. Like, yeah, it was a it, weird groove. It's funny. People people really shit on the N64 controller, but I thought that was fine. Like, honestly. The C buttons were a bit hard to get to sometimes. Yeah, but, like, so few games used them, honestly. Like... Or the yeah, like music, the you know, wrestling games and Smash Brothers. Yeah. I like the 64 controllers. I don't, you know, I I think people, yeah, they crap on them a lot, but hey, we have analog. Yeah. Because uh, of that, so. Uh, I know you're sort of uh, interested in this. The I like them too, but it's always been awkward for me to get into these, the... Uh, Atlas has officially confirmed that the Shimigami Tensei game that they announced for Switch, which is also coming to PS4, is Shimigami Tensei 5. It's actually the next uh, game in the series. Uh, so that's actually pretty cool. It will come out sometime uh, in whenever, uh, but uh, there's no word on when it's getting localized. For the West, so I guess we'll have to wait and see on that. But are you excited for? I mean, I'll, I'll say sure, but I've actually never played a just a Shin Megami Tensei game by itself. Like I've played Persona or like the Nocturne. That was like that was a like a that was kind of connected, but not really. Or like the Devil Summoner games, right? But they're all. They're all spin-offs of Shin Megami Tensei. Like, they have, like, stuff like Jack Frost and shit in them. But... So, I guess we'll see. Like, I'll give it a shot when it, when it hits PS4, if I can get it, but... I didn't play the, uh... I didn't play 4 enough to really be able to say much on it, but... I f- it, it reviewed well. Like, people seem to like it. I felt like you really had to know how to play that game to be good at it because the demon thing is not always the easiest the recruiting the demons thing is yeah not, yeah that's the part from like persona that i was like okay i can see why this is harder in the actual numbered games than in here. yeah and sometimes it like it is kind of a random system but i still enjoyed it or you know there are ways to, like, kind of game it a little, especially in, like, Persona 5. But I, I appreciate that mechanic, to say, like, just by itself. Well, you gave me a great segue because uh, Atlas is bringing out a Persona 5 Ultimate Edition, which is available, I think, now? Yeah, it's already uh, out. $125, you basically get all the DLC costumes... 
uh, background music, you'll get the original Japanese audio track, a skill card set, an additional difficulty level, uh, the game, obviously, and a healing item set. So, Yeah, that? well, a few things you just mentioned were, are already free. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> like the Japanese language track and like the skill and healing item set were free. Um, the cost for this thing is $125. Fuck that. <laughs> That's a lot for some costumes. Like, I paid $100. I think I paid, what? No, I, th- I paid $80 for the, like, the collector's edition. Right. <laughs> and that came with physical shit. Like, like, there is a bunch of, you do get a bunch of, like, extra personas from, like, the old games, or, like, the, like, you said, the costumes from, like, all to, like, the character. You can get the Persona three costumes, Persona four costumes, but this is too like this. That's too much. If this thing was like eighty bucks, that'd be one thing, but not for not even for a hundred, it'd be too much. But, I mean, and the Personas are cool and all to get, but it's like okay, you're gonna see these a couple of times, and it's gonna be like oh, no big deal. Well, Japan has always had a really weird like pricing structure when it comes to DLC especially with costumes yeah I see it all the time for the DOA yeah that's what I was going to bring up like yeah I mean it is a free-to-play game uh so I mean there is that but the there is literally over a thousand dollars of DLC for dead or for dead or life 5 last round on steam yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like I I have the game. Uh, I I bought it like a GameStop when they were doing a two for one, and it was like yeah. seventeen dollars or something like that. And yeah, when I t- would go in to play it, it would show me the DLC, and I was like, holy crap, this is a lot. <laughs> like, wow, how many costumes? And they still they still come out with some. Oh yeah. So. Like, yeah. it, it's on sale right now because, like, the promotion, or, you know, the... the Well, the winter sale's about to happen pretty soon, right? Well, no, it's a, it's like a Halloween promotion. Okay. But, so the Halloween uh, costume set, it's on sale for $13. The, the, Jeez. No, no, that's the sale price. The... Uh, original price or like the normal price is sixty five dollars. You mean the game? No, the costume set. You sure that doesn't include the game? The game is free. How the hell would you pay sixty five dollars for a costume set? Yeah. Or why? What? What does it include? Something special that we don't know about i mean like you get the nude mod in there too like it's like what what are you there, paying 65 dollars for a costume set for i mean there are 51 halloween 2014 costumes 51 no 30 uh yeah 51 costumes 31 halloween costumes and then 20 additional costumes for marie rose uh, phase four, which is a great character name, Hanoka <laughs> and Nayotoju. 
Like, would you even have time to sit there and keep changing the costumes around to see them? It's just... Good well, lord. It's Dead or Alive, and it's Dead or Alive fans. So, costumes is what they care about. It's a fighting engine. It's seeing, seeing the characters in a Santa outfit or a uh, sexy maid outfit or something. <laughs> And people wonder why the Extreme Beast Volleyball 3 or whatever never came here. Yeah. But, uh, I digress. So remember when Nintendo was going to come out with a bunch of different games on mobile? Well, they're here to remind you that, hey, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp is still coming out. And basically, you know, they had a whole direct uh, for this thing. Uh, you're not going to be managing a whole town. You're going to be managing a campsite. So you can go gather cotton and wood, and you can craft furniture for the campsite. And uh, you can also make it easier by earning or buying with real-world cash. There you go. There had to be that thing where you could buy it. Leaf tickets, which you could used to shorten the crafting time or get items easier. Uh, yeah, it's it's Animal Crossing. So, if you like Animal Crossing, go for it. If you like paying Tom Nook with blood money. <laughs> Basically. That, that's, that's, that's the hidden subtitle. Tom Nook, pay him. <laughs> You have to, to invite players, you have to exchange in-game player IDs, by the way. So, just letting people know. At least send a fucking number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the stupid friend code thing. But, hey, I mean, it's good to know that Nintendo is following through on the mobile game stuff. It seemed like this one was just out there forever. Uh... Speaking of, uh, well, this mobile, Sony did say that they wanted to go back to doing mobile games, but they even went a step further. They have a new studio that they made uh, underneath the Sony Music called Untied that is basically just there to publish indie games across not only on the PC, but Switch as well. Uh, so the first one is going to be Tiny Metal. And it's going to come out on PS4, Switch, and PC on November 21st. It's a turn-based strategy game that sort of looks like Advance Wars. And it also has... uh, They're going to be making a couple of games that are going to come out on PC. They're going to make a game that has PSVR uh, support. Interesting that if you're going that far to make a game for Switch, why not on Xbox as well? Well... There's two things. If Nintendo's not going to make an Advance Wars, Sony might as well. Yeah. And I think, like, Sony partnering, not partnering, but doing this for Nintendo's, I don't think Sony sees Nintendo as in the same ballpark as Microsoft. It also could be a way of getting back at Microsoft for partnering with Nintendo on the Minecraft thing and, like, Rocket League and all that, too. Like, oh, we can form our own thing with Nintendo as well, Microsoft. You know? Yeah. 
Um, but I mean, sure, why not? I mean, it's good because I think people have been complaining about, okay, well, there's a lot of focus on all these games from Sony, and uh, the, the the VR is sort of getting a lot of play now, especially with the new SKU that's coming. But where are the indies? Where are the indies? Well, I guess now now you have your story about where are the indies, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, this is probably also pretty limited. I would probably limited thing <laughs> like they're not going to be porting uncharted 4 to the switch or anything like that but no probably not but i mean yeah, it's Nintendo's it's, it's been loving the indies right now so and it's like another revenue stream for the switch i mean for sony i should say so sure microsoft is no longer making the connect good night sweet prince I I did enjoy the Connect for the time that I had it. Like it was nice to play Dance Central, and I wish I would have been able to have it long enough to play Fantasia because I've heard that game is actually pretty cool. But I mean, let's be honest, the Connect had four good games for it total. Those were uh, Fantasia, uh, the one you mentioned, Dance Central. I think the Sesame Street is fine. Like I've heard yeah. that's okay. Mm-hmm. And Child of Light. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And a lot of just stuff. So. I thought the Fable game wasn't too bad on it. Yeah, but that's what kind of killed uh, Lionhead. Yeah, that, doing that game. But. Uh, like. The, they just never got around, like, the fact they put it in, like, they bundled it with the Xbox One, it's like, that that was baffling to me. I I got it from the idea of the whole, the entertainment center thing, right? When when they were making a big deal about that? Yeah, and not, instead of the pivot, not, not the, the pivot, like, we have the most powerful gaming console in the world. Okay. <laughs> still, no one wants to make from the game. beginning. Like, no one still wants to make games for it, so. <laughs> yeah, I get you. I mean, what's coming out in like a week and a half? So. Yeah, and there's all those hot exclusives like insert blank here. <laughs> Literally, insert blank here. Literally. It's going to be, uh, oh, you can play PUBG in the game preview. Cool. <laughs> that, that's literally it. <laughs> like, yeah. I, uh, oh, you can get um, Forza in 4K. Okay. I, I really, I'm going to be, I'm going to be really surprised if this thing is sold out everywhere. On November 7th, I will not be surprised that there are many stores reporting, look, they're just sitting here. I mean, I think I'll probably saw it like the first day, but I, that's about it. And even that, it's pretty shaky. <laughs> like, it may, like, I don't know, like, it may sell out, because I think it did sell out on Amazon for, like, a little while. Like, their pre-order page when Did the out. PS4 Pros really sell? Like not really. I... No. I don't think this will sell either. <laughs> 
I mean, that's the thing. Is like, okay, number one, it's this is a hundred dollars more. Yeah. And you're really, I mean, you get something out of it for a regular HD TV, but if you don't have a 4K, then you're wasting your time. And yeah, that's uh, like I, don't know. I think that I think the PS4 Pro has been kind of a failure, um, because they haven't really differentiated it enough from like. There's no real reason to buy it unless you have a right, 4K right. TV. I mean, there are some. Like, I think that WWE game runs better on a Pro slightly than the regular PS4. But I think it's going to be the Xbox One X is going to be the same thing. Like, people are just going to go, eh, I'll get the cheaper one. Yeah, all the games are coming to it, so why not? Why, why spend the money? Yeah. Uh, Speaking of spending money, Lego Dimensions, no longer getting any new content, so you don't have to worry about any new stuff coming out and figuring out where your money's going to go, because we will not be producing any new expansion packs for the game beyond what is now available. We'll continue to support the game's servers, uh, so at least they're not just shuttering everything that is the Infinity, but feels like only a matter of time. I mean, they kind of are. <laughs> well, I mean, like, they're not just saying, oh, well, we're going to cut the servers and everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're not... There are, I don't there are servers. Like, it's all story-based stuff. Like, I, the difference with, between this and Infinity is they're not closing down Traveler's Tales because they still make those Lego games that sell. So, of course... Bruce, why don't we have a Star Wars game for the Lego? Because uh, Marvel, it's Marvel's turn. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess. Yeah, I think they're making like a new Lego Marvel game. Like, it's, I think it's coming out this year. Avengers yeah, the Lego 2. Marvels two. Or? Yeah. Um, it would be exceedingly nice. I doubt they'll do this, but it would be nice if after like the officially. Like, in, like Dimensions is done, but it would be nice if they released, like, a PC version or like just even, like, a PS4 version or just had all the crap in the game, like, on, like, like digital. like Infinity where yeah. if you bought the stuff, you could use the characters well, in the game without... After after Infinity shut down, they released Disney Infinity Gold on Steam, or it just had everything in it, and you oh, could play whatever. yeah. It would be nice because nice. they did have some good story stuff in the Lego Dimensions. So. Oh yeah, like I'd want to play like that Doctor Who set for sure, or yeah. like the Simpsons set. I think there's one for that, and there yeah, are some good sets for Dimensions. Um, like you know, I just release like a collection on like just digitally and go here you go here's here's it for sixty bucks. It does kind of suck that they did have a third year plan and didn't get to actually go through with it. Yeah. From what I understand, uh, like it costs a lot to make this figure first off. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they banked a lot for season two on like ghostbusters. And it's like, all right. Yeah. Well, Beetlejuice is still popular. Ghostbusters was not right. I, um, yeah, and you know they, they're still making Lego games to be, like separate from that, so that 
took time and money. Like, you know, and <laughs> Traveler's Tales isn't that big. <laughs> and they also, like, didn't do a great job of, like, really telling you, you had to go online to find out how to build the set and all that. I mean, that seems kind of annoying for people. Also, compared to Dimension, or, I mean, compared to Infinity or even Skylanders, like, Dimensions was an expensive game to get into. Mm. Like yeah, that, the that, stuff was more expensive, right? Yeah, and even the base game was more expensive. I think I think Infinity was eighty bucks at launch, and Dimensions was I think a hundred or like damn near a hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I do remember them saying that all oh, these packs are gonna be worth it because you get more stuff in it, but it's like, is it really? Yeah, it's... Well, it's always the thing about, like, uh, they saw, like, I think they saw value in the figurines, like, more than Dimension, like, than Infinity did. Which is accurate, honestly. <laughs> but, yeah, Lego Dimensions launched at 90, which is kind of pricey. Yeah, oof. It was like, and expensive did... at 75. They, they never sent us copies, or they never sent, you know, like, smaller size copies of that crap. No. But I think they also, I guess, were fine with whoever bought it. I don't, I don't know. Just, yeah, I, like, I think the only thing that they try to hook people on is that, oh, we're not going to change. Like, we're not going to have a Lego Dimensions 2 and 3 or whatever like Disney Infinity did. So. Yeah, but here, like the Lego Batman movie story pack, you know what they call, uh, that was fifty bucks. Ooh, no, thank you. No, and, thank you. And you get like I think it's two characters, a new like a uh, car, and some level. Like, no. <laughs> Yeah, because the Disney Infinity sets for thirty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it kind of you could see the writing on the wall because this was starting to get like super duper expensive for people. And, it, and even, I mean, there's no reason to buy uh, the Amiibos. I mean, they keep making them, but I, I think Nintendo just. I think they just had figurines just to have them. Well, no, for certain ones, like for like Metroid. Oh uh, yeah, they un- they unlock certain stuff in games. I mean, sure, right. but like it's not like oh, I have a Wa- Waluigi amiibo. He's going to work in Star Fox. It's just like no, the three Star Fox amiibos going to work in Star Fox, and that's it. Or the you know the Zelda amiibos are going to work in that. Right. Eh. I, I've always found like I have my Pikachu amiibo and that's about it. Yeah, I never bought another one. And I got I got one for a friend and that was it. <laughs> I might buy Cloud if I ever see it, but you don't want you know, the yarn, Yoshi. <laughs> I thought about that for Anaya for a little bit, but I didn't even have the game. So. Yeah, yeah, and I have a. Jack Skellington for Disney Infinity. He's the only one that I kept. Yeah, but, like he's that's uh, that, I that's that's fine. <laughs> well, he's like one of my 
like favorite uh, characters. Yeah, he and stuff. he transcends like Disney. So yeah, so like. Well, I had to hurry up because they were getting to the point where they weren't going to let you trade those in anymore. So yeah. I had to hurry up and freaking let them have them so that, uh, so that I could get something out of them. Yeah. And I, like when Disney yeah. Infinity was folding up, I should have I should have sold all my crap, but I, I still have it. No, by that time they were done taking them. Yeah. And they wouldn't even take the Skylanders ones anymore either. Like, yeah, like. This local resale shop I go to for, like, movies and games, like, I think it's, like, if you buy one Infinity figure, you get four for free. Oh, wow. It's so crazy. Like, I remember when the second one was coming out, the superhero one. Yeah. And they, I I watched the lady, like, painstakingly put all the characters that they had at the time in, on the shelves and everything else, and. She's like, I hope these sell out because, like, this is a lot of shelf space we're giving to this thing. Yeah. So, and I remember going to Toys R Us and half their aisle was, like, half their entire thing at the front was, was like, Skylanders and all that. And then all of a sudden, bam, they were dying for people to buy them. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Doctor Who, their companions were finally, re- the companions for Jodie Whittaker finally revealed. Uh, you get uh, Bradley Walsh from Law and Order UK, who's gonna play as Graham Tosin Cole from Star Wars: The Force Awakens. He is gonna be Ryan, and Mandeep Gill will be uh, Yasmin. So, those are your three main companions uh, for Jodie Whittaker. So you got an older white guy, a sort of the I guess she covers the Middle Eastern. Uh, sort of, and then you have the black guy from Star Wars. So, yeah, a diverse cast. That's cool. Um, who know? You know, if uh, we're gonna have somebody hitting on on the doctor, the female doctor here, or we're just it's gonna be all one like big happy family the whole time. I'm, of course, fall 2018. Uh, it's when, you know, the new season 11 is going to start airing. You excited for Female Doctor? Finally yeah. Appearing here? Well, I'm a, I don't know about having a team aspect, like, because this is four characters, and that's kind of stretching it a bit thin. <laughs> uh, well, they had three for when Matt Smith was around. Yeah. Yeah. That was three, and like the two, two of them were they were married, so they had three for the last doctor. Yeah. So, but the only thing I'm gonna the only thing that is putting me off slightly is I think I read a report recently that the, that she's gonna get a new sonic screwdriver, and it's like he literally just got one two episodes like a new one two episodes ago. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's a new, I guess, you know, she wants to change her own Sonic screwdriver. I, that doesn't bother me too much, you know. Did you ever see, uh, oh, let's see if I can remember what it was called. Uh, Stephen Moffat did a, like, this was before he was on Doctor Who, officially, but he did a 
comedy thing for Doctor Who called the, the Curse of the Fatal Death. This was like 20 years ago. Yeah. Did you ever see it? No, I did not. The, okay, what the one of the premises the premises like the doctor keeps dying, uh, and like one time he regenerates into like Hugh Grant, <laughs> and like another time it's something uh, I forget it's something else. Uh, but the final time he regenerates into a wo- woman, uh, and then she pulls out the science screwdriver, and it starts like moving around, and she's like. Oh, I just discovered the vibration setting. It's like, <laughs> oh man! Wow, you said this was how long ago? Uh, this was like '96. No, oh, this was '99. Okay. That's okay at that point, yeah. <laughs> and I think another joke was like, kind of making fun of the Dalek bumps and. She going like, oh, I have those things in my chest. <laughs> God. Yeah, you couldn't do that now. You'd have way too many people saying things. Yeah. But hey, it's fun there for uh, for those times. I, I, it's but, online. Like you should watch it. It's pretty. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I will probably do that uh, tomorrow, but. Yeah, I just I'm glad for the I'm good just kinda glad for the season to come on and hopefully she does well so that people can stop with their sexism and all that crap. Well it's always the same cycle of like outrage about who's announced and then a period of, you know, ter- like slight turmoil or like adjustment and then people love people fall in love with the actor and then they leave and then the cycle begins anew <laughs> yep yeah, that's what kind of keeps Doctor Who fresh someone doesn't stay forever and ever doing it uh, Disney XD is bringing the Big Hero 6 series finally there's going to be a movie November 20th that takes place after the original movie uh, called Baymax Returns which I'm excited about because I loved Big Hero 6 and then the show finally starts airing next season or next year at some point they're gonna have little on-demand things and some episodes on their uh disney now app and all that stuff i'm excited for this to show up it's been a while since i watched one of their disney i watched ducktales here and there the new one i've seen Uh, that i didn't didn't keep up with it but it was good (laughs) i liked it uh, you know, I thought they tried to, for the most part, stay true to the original. Yeah. So. I'll definitely watch the one with Darkwing Duck. <laughs> yes, that needs to hurry up and get here, but I hope the Baymax one is good. Uh, they're getting the whole original cast back together, so that improves it immensely. Uh, so, yay. We'll be now they just didn't make, didn't make a... Uh... Fix a uh, Wreck-It Ralph TV show. <laughs> oh, please let it happen. That would be amazing. Can we do that? Every episode is just like a new game. Why not? Let's just do it. Come on, Disney. You're you're into a kick about your whole like slot on Disney XD from like 9 to 
six in the morning is game stuff. Why not? Let's do it. Uh, Netflix is going to be spending $8 billion in original content, including 30 anime titles and 80 movies. Original movies. No wonder they're making us pay more for Netflix. Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, you say that, but also I would assume the majority of that shit is actually going to be good. Oh, no, I agree with you. Like, most of their anime has been good. I don't know about the movies. I haven't been a big fan of the Adam Sandler stuff. Uh, oh, that's so, been bad. <laughs> uh, so you know something like Bright with Will Smith, The Irishman with Robert De Niro, and of course you got the Shaft movie and all that. I mean, those might be good. Yeah, we'll see. Man, that's a lot of stuff plus the TV shows. I don't know how anybody would have time to watch all of that, but yeah. You go, Netflix. I, I have that problem right now. I, I've got too much shit to watch. <laughs> I can hardly keep up with the stuff that comes out every week. So. Yeah, I, I pretty much dropped Supergirl. <laughs> oh, you did? Are you... Uh, it's not bad. But the... I'm keeping up with like the Flash and Legends of Tomorrow, but even then I'm kind of skipping around with. <laughs> I really enjoyed like, The Good Doctor. and that's. Uh, yeah, yes. I watched that too. God, that is so house. Like it's like everything is just. I mean, well, I got the house it, complete series DVD like a, like four days ago, so I've been watching a lot of that. <laughs> but you can tell, right, when you watch it, like all oh, yeah. the, the the characteristics are there. I just, uh, I loved House a lot, so it, yeah, like, it's. I think it's really cool that they take it into a different direction with him, but yeah. I, Good that that's there. I, I've been enjoying The Gifted. Are you? No, I watched yeah. the first episode, and then that was kind of about it. <laughs> I liked the la- the last episode. I thought kind of took them a step forward a bit. Um, I've been, I've been keep tr- keeping up on Star Trek Discovery, even though it's kind of a bad show, and The Orville. I keep meaning to go back and watch the episodes of The Orville, and I forget. Uh, I've watched like the first two or three. If it was just a like a straight like start like Star Trek show, it'd be way better. Like, so I, why? I, do you, I, huh? Why do you think it's not? Are you mean the Star Trek show itself or the Orville? No, the Orville. If it like the two pilots are really annoying and like very Seth MacFarlane esque. Well, yeah. Uh. Like, if they were gone, it'd be a much better show. Like, I, I enjoy the show more when it's kind of playing it straight than okay, when, yeah. it's make, when it's making jokes or, you know, trying to be funny. I agree with you there. Uh, it, when it, Yeah, when it's trying to be a show and you learn about the characters, that's interesting. Yeah. When it's him and the, uh, the woman going back and forth about their relationship or whatever, it's kind of like, okay, you guys have done this, like, every episode – yeah, yeah, like that—that's getting a little tiring. Like, I think, I think, like, I think they have a decent relationship, honestly. But them constantly bitching about it is annoying. Yeah. The, of course, this is us. I keep watching it and keep almost crying every episode. So that's what that show is supposed to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I, I've enjoyed the Ghosted show. It's dumb, 
but I watched I watched the first episode and kind of got it's like eh, Craig Robinson and Adam Scott could be even better. <laughs> I they're good together. It's really dumb, but it's fine. Like, also, like, is it me? Like, is it me or is like Ali Walker really gotten old? <laughs> yes, she has. Like no, offense, like no offense to her if you ever, if no. you listen to this somehow, but like I I I I I remember her from like the Profiler or even like Sons of Anarchy, which is yeah, I mean Anarchy was be, uh... Anarchy was ten years ago and the Profiler was damn near twenty, but well, you know, some people don't always age gracefully, I guess. Or the the cinematic masterpiece of Kazam. <laughs> Boo. Uh, Alright, so, you know, everybody already knows that Super Mario Odyssey, Wolfenstein 2, and Assassin's Creed Origins comes out on Friday. I don't think we need to tell anybody that. they. It's pretty much been plastered around everywhere. Uh, it's been a known thing for, like, ever. Uh, or at least since whenever they announced Odyssey and it felt like everything else just kind of fell into place. But, yeah. So, if you have $180... Plus, you can get all three of those awesome games. Uh, and then there's also uh, Deer Hunter Reloaded. That's already out. I know you want to play that, Mark. Oh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> it was funny. Adam uh, offered me a game called Elex on Steam. Yeah, I've heard of that. And I was like, nope. <laughs> well, he, he sent to me, like... I didn't like. I didn't say I wanted it. He just sent it to me and said, "You know, I hope you have fun." And I was like, "I hope you die in a fire." I'm like I'm not taking this game. <laughs> <laughs> like, how dare you assign me something? <laughs> no, it's not happening. I played. Oh, I played. Risen, I played Risen Three. That was enough. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you play that? It's like no need. Knights of Azure Two. Yeah. Uh, I actually thought about taking that one, and then I looked at the reviews, and I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Is it worse than the first one? Remark- I've heard it's remarkably so, actually. Like, wow. Uh, you can't change weapons, or like the little servants you get in the game, like or in the mission. So if you need a servant to like knock on a wall, and you don't have it, you have to like quit the mission and like reload. Oh my Say god, that? that's annoying as hell. Yep, that's good game design. <laughs> yeah, I would just stop playing at that point. That's uh, that Night Terrors game, the second Yomawari game, which I really enjoyed the first one. Uh, Stephanie has that uh, for review, and Destiny Two on PC came out on Tuesday. So, yeah, some good games. Uh, Call of Duty will be coming out in a week and a week. Yeah, have, I think it's yeah, next week or something, yeah. And then after that, you kind of hit a dip, like Need for Speed and Battlefront 2, and that's then you get Xenoblade at the end of the, at the beginning of December, and that, that's kind of it. So, I mean, this has been an incredible year of games. I don't know what we're going to do when we get to the picking, you know, the top 25 or whatever again, but jeez. 
Uh, yeah, so that's going to do it for us this week. Um, we will be back at some point next week. Well, I'll get to talk to you about Super Mario Odyssey. And maybe I may Marvel talk about Assassin's Creed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, look out for that. Uh, I'm I'm wa- I'm like eagerly awaiting getting home from work on Friday so I can just go straight into playing some Mario. Yeah. Uh, but all right, everybody. If you enjoyed what you heard, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, video games to the max, or you can subscribe to the whole darn thing that. Uh, I, I'm in uh, several shows on the WTM Network, and of course you can check all that out on WTMNet.com. Thank you for 41 Mania for also hosting us as well, as well as the uh, Last Word uh, Life section uh, that they have. Uh, we are, we are, they are partners over there as well, and yeah, until next week, we'll see you later, everybody. Later. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.